0: This week on Erotic Awakening. Erotic
1: Words. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink. Each week, we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now.
0: Hi Dawn. Hi Dan. How are you this fine day? I'm
1: doing very well, thank you.
0: Did you have a nice lunch?
1: I had a great lunch. I
0: had a, I had a nice lunch as well. I had lunch with your boyfriend, as a matter of fact.
1: Well, we both had lunch with my boyfriend. No,
0: that's true. <laughs> Which leads me to, we're going to have to do a, a show on polyamory before long. Absolutely. We could bring in your boyfriend and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's husband, etc., etc., etc. Yes. And have our little poly bundle. Bundle. <laughs> a bundle oh. of joy. Well, that's a nice way to look at it. But today's show, we are going to talk about how erotic language can be, Mm
1: -hmm. as well
0: as play our interview with award-winning author Annika Jacob. Nice. So that'll be fun to listen to, and it'll be fun to talk about erotic words and erotic language. Absolutely. But before we get there, we have other things to talk about really quickly. I do want to mention, for example, we had over the previous weekend, you and I did a workshop on MS Protocol here Mm -hmm. in Central Ohio.
1: Yep, and had a great turnout for it. So 30 or so people? Probably about 30 or so people. We had a nice space for it. I had great participation, so great questions.
0: Oh yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Master Slave Protocol is one of the things that you and I are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it was really exciting to see so many people in the same room with us who were also passionate about the same thing.
1: Absolutely, and it was um, actually kind of intriguing because there was um, a few people that are just starting to get into the lifestyle, and there was a few people that we have known since we got into the lifestyle like 10 or 11 years ago.
0: And uh, it's always fun to do presentations in your hometown because then people, uh, it's not just you as a presenter is giving some kind of a topic or some kind of a presentation, mm-hmm. leading some kind of workshop, but it's, it's your friends. It's people that you've known for years, mm-hmm. you know, and they can say, oh, you remember that one time that this happened? And oh,
1: yeah, they called you on a couple of things <laughs> that you were trying to get past.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: And it really does feel like giving back to our home community.
0: Right, so, right, and that's a that's lot a great... of fun. Mm-hmm. For those that were not able to attend the MS Protocol chat, uh, no problem. We recorded it mm-hmm. and it ended up being about an hour and a half long. And we'll play that. I think we're going to play that in the next week or two. Not sure how I'm going to present that, whether we're going to chop that into two segments or what.
1: Yeah, smaller bites or just a long show. So. I'm not a big fan of the long, long
0: show. Right. So we'll see how it works. We'll see what, what makes the most sense as that comes up. But before we can do that, we're going to be busy this weekend. We're going to college. Yay, you are going to college. Yes, we are. But actually, and we're going to Kinky College, Mm -hmm. an event in Chicago, Illinois. Yes. uh, That's an event that uh, Master Z puts together. And man, does he have a list of presenters this time. Mm -hmm. A lot of really interesting classes. And as you know, we happen to go to a lot of presentations, a lot of workshops, a lot of events around the nation and a lot of times it's like, oh, this again. Oh, yeah, gee, I, mm-hmm. I like this one, even though I've seen it four times already. Uh, but uh, at Kinky College, boy, I'm looking at that list of presentations, and there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to want to sit in on.
1: Absolutely. So there is usually a good diversity of uh, topics that are given, and this year is no different.
0: Well, I see on the absolutely meter, we've said absolutely nine times, so we probably should get into our topic at this point. <laughs>
1: Absolutely Yeah, I knew that was coming That hurts
0: um, Before we get into erotic language though You know how on every show we say If you would like to talk about your event Or something mm-hmm. that you've got coming up Let us know, we'd be happy to mention it Yes Somebody did Sweet I guess, I hadn't <laughs> I guess now we got to mention it
1: Absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, I'm not editing that out either So there's an event coming up at the end of June 2010. The event is called? The Bacchanalia. The Bacchanalia is a five-day, four-night, premier-quality, pansexual and polyerotic adult-only clothing optional camping event with daily workshops. There's no period, so just keep going. (laughs) Nightly entertainment and round-the-clock partying happening June 30th through July 40th, 2010. 40th? What did I now, see, I am going to edit that. <laughs> it is happening from June 30th through July 4th, 2010, at Our Haven Eclectic Sanctuary
1: in French Lick, Indiana.
0: Yeah, that is one long sentence, but it should be a long sentence. There's mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot in
1: that sentence. Yep. So it sounds like one big adult party. So, And we have been to Our Haven before. Beautiful place run by beautiful people. If
0: you are offended by
1: responsible
0: but otherwise unlimited adult fun, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? And <laughs> if you are offended by responsible, but otherwise adult fun, this is not the event for you. But if you're looking for the wildest time in the past 2,000 years, sign up today. That's quite a quite a statement, the wildest time in the last 2,000 years.
1: That mm, sounds like a lot of fun, though. <laughs> we, we've had some wild
0: times in the last couple of weeks, so I don't know about... Yeah. That this is going to beat out, but we'll see. We'll
1: see. We'll see.
0: My understanding is group discounts are still available, and those listening to this ad may qualify for a 50% discount if they
1: register before November 30th, 2009. So remember to register before November 30th. To save 50%. 50%. Sounds like a deal to me.
0: You can register by writing sun at midnight. That's three words all smashed together sun at midnight at rocketmail.com and get more information that way great as a matter of fact they're still looking for presenters and workshop organizers and entertainment and if you would like to get in on that aspect you can write the uh, the program chair and his email address is michael underscore a underscore manner at yahoo.com so that is and how do you say that word again the Bacchanalia. The Bacchanalia, a uh, five-day adult Mm. event.
1: I do love that place. Yes. We may um, have to check it out.
0: (laughs) We've had the opportunity to do a few events at Our Haven in French Lick, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only is it a beautiful space um there's beautiful people that run this space as well
1: absolutely beautiful camping area it's got a place for a huge bonfire in the middle um just yeah fabulous that's where we got our pretty much got our start presenting at down in our haven
0: absolutely one of the first (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get so much flack on this whole absolutely thing (laughs) now that i've pointed it out it's i just can't stop saying it if you would like to pimp your event
1: One of the best ways to get up with us is by email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. Or you can use the contact form on our website, bluecatservices.org. And we also have the voicemail, so 206-309-0054. Or our our FetLife group called Erotic Awakening. Or the good old Twitter, where we can be found at Dan and Dawn.
0: so today 's show is on erotic words mm-hmm. we 've got an author who writes about erotic stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the idea and if I remember correctly in the interview, Annika said that she hopes that people get turned on from her reading so i well, think
1: I think that's a fine goal
0: <laughs> I, I think it's a good goal as well. Um, To be able to write something and other people pick it up and get some kind of an erotic response from that, I mean, that's just a wonderful thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And I used to write short stories a long time back and loved posting them, hoping people would get off.
0: So there's one way we could use erotic language.
1: Yes. Another
0: way we could use erotic language, and I really like this one as well, and, it, and it's probably a different kind of spin than people expect us to take on it. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a quote from Bonnie Gabriel from her book, The Fine Art of, erotic, of Sensual Speaking. Right. Uh, she says, when we make love, we, collect, we connect not only with our bodies, but with our minds, hearts, and spirits as well. We may be able to become aroused and feel sexually nourished from our lover's touch and physical caress, but we need verbal caresses to nourish our intellectual, emotional, and spiritual sh- selves. And I just really like the way she puts that. The mm-hmm. idea of and using erotic language, erotic words, erotic talk to mm-hmm. intellectually caress our partners. I just think that's just a wonderful idea, and I really like the way that sounds. I think normally when you and I talk about erotic language and erotic talk, you know, we tend to edge more towards slut talk.
1: (laughs) Oh, you filthy little
0: whore, I'm going to fuck your cunt. And all that's... (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And all that's fine and good. (laughs) But I don't want to imply that's the only time you should use language Hmm. or erotic talk. When you're making sweet, normal... Passionate love, Yes. there's no reason not to allow yourself to speak then as well. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're having a gentle lovemaking session on the bearskin carpet in front of the fireplace after a nice glass of wine, listening to a little Barry White, <laughs> I don't think nice. you want to, to whisper into your lover's ear um Bend over, you fuck puppy. Here comes my love missile. <laughs> I'm depending on who it is,
1: but I can see where you're going.
0: But you can certainly, there's nothing wrong with speaking up and saying, you know, your breasts are beautiful and the feeling I get when I caress them and feel that soft moan come from your lips mm-hmm. when I see your eyes roll gently back. And I know that you're thinking about nothing at all except for my caress on you leads me to be more open to what that feels like to me and share in that desire and share in that lust that we are creating together. Mm-hmm. You know, something soft, gentle like that is another okay. way to use erotic. I got myself all turned on there. <laughs> I need a bear skin Anyone have one? <laughs> Um, using language like that, you know, as lovers, again using what Bonnie talks about in that intellectually caressing each mm-hmm. other, it's you using
1: know? the the brain as an erogenous zone. Oh,
0: absolutely! I like that. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with what I was saying earlier. There are Very times true. when using erotic language as part of a more aggressive style of lovemaking is also completely appropriate mm-hmm. the trick is to know your partner know what language is going to turn them on and what language is going to make them feel that squiggy s- squiggy <laughs> or or even that they you know that they need to engage their mind in uh, somewhat of a protective mode mm-hmm. yeah. you know a good example of that is there is a, uh, a very nice lady that I was negotiating with, and she said, oh, I love language. I love being called a, a filthy cunt slut hole um, as part of our lovemaking scene, but never, ever use the word fat when I've got my clothes off because that'll make me mm. completely change the scene for me. Right, right. right. So it, the trick to it is knowing your partner well enough to know what language to avoid
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what language will arouse.
1: Mm-hmm. And knowing yourself enough as to knowing what words don't work for you. So again, like you said, um, with the her word, you know, and I've got my own words and you may have your own words even as a dom that just don't work. So, you know, to be aware of that and to vocalize it, that's a good thing.
0: Absolutely. The trick is, for me, is to find that courage to be able to speak up, mm-hmm. right? And this, that's where it starts for me. It's—it's it, actually can be very tricky to get going, and very tricky to let some of that stuff out, you know, because from a perspective of socially, we've been taught don't talk to a lady that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But also the first time you engage in that kind of talk – that kind of interaction with someone. It's a little, you're not really sure exactly how they're going to respond.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if you've um, been with someone for a while, I mean, I can think back and, um, you know, had to be quiet because there was kids in the house. I never got to vocalize or be loud or whatever. So, you know, you might wake somebody up. So that's a logistic thing. But then you get um, the person that you're with and you have no clue how they're going to take it. So, you know, what if I speak this and, oops, now I'm too slutty. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't want to be kicked out of bed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) None of us want to be kicked out of bed. (laughs) Right. So it can be tricky, like, to have that kind of courage from either perspective. But for myself, it's okay. I want to keep pushing the boundaries, right? I want Mm -hmm. to keep going. And if we play with some words and it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. And we know right. better next time. Just like if I pull a pickle out of <laughs> my toy bag and start lubing it up to shove it up your ass. And if that's not going to work for you and you go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa that's not my thing. <laughs> uh, put a condom on that pickle first <laughs> or keep the pickle away. Um mm-hmm. Then we know, right? Then right. we know that's not, okay, then, oh, sorry, I, I thought maybe that would be something you'd be interested in. If you're not, that's fine. I'll put it back in the fridge. We'll have a salad later. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might realize, well, that kind of does work for me. Right. You know, right. so... Maybe play with some words, maybe negotiate with your partner beforehand and say, if it's okay with you, I'm going to try something a little bit different because I have these words that come to me. And it's very tricky for me because I have actually instinctively, Mm -hmm. as we do things, I have this instinctive language that comes up, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Bringing those words up, allowing those words to flow, right? Well, if it's really, if it's instinctive language, then it's probably going to work for me.
1: Right. And, you know, I've had moments where, you know, I've been with someone new and the words just they, they just bubble into my head and, and there's no not saying them. You know, I have to take that risk and say them, you know, the naughty language. And, yeah, it, it's a little risky, but, yeah, sometimes you can't can't control it. And, I, you don't know,
0: I've had a lot of luck so far. hmm. Um, As you know, one of the the presentations that we do includes using language as part of your erotic awakening. Mm -hmm. uh, One of the sensual spaces, workshops that we do. Mm -hmm. And as part of the vocal part, as a demonstration, I'll find someone in the audience and I'll walk up to them and I'll softly say, you are just the most attractive woman sitting in this room. And when I saw you, I realized I would just really enjoy fucking you. I want to be inside you. <laughs> and it's very rare nice. that I have somebody look at me and go, oh, you're so disgusting. You're such Mm-mm. a, you know, or say, how dare you talk to me
1: that way? No, they usually melt.
0: <laughs> they usually melt. And that doesn't mean that it works on everybody. but right. It does imply to me that language, something that's can, that we have, underutilized in a lot of our situations and that people like the vulnerability that language can bring to us Mm -hmm. you know when I sit there and I tell you I would you know if I would really enjoy making love to you I'd really enjoy fucking you right there's a sense of vulnerability if you say it properly right Mm -hmm. not far scummy a babe um uh you're one hot cookie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't do the bars anymore. I don't know what they say. I'm sure they say something much better than that. The other part of language that I want to point out, though, is if you're going to say something, make sure it's the truth. Right. And it is your truth at that time. Right. In the example I said, you know, you're the most beautiful woman in this place. If you're going to say that, make sure it's your truth at the moment. If you're mm-hmm. telling somebody that, that that's really how you feel at that moment. Um If you tell someone, why, I'd really like to do X, Y, Z to you, have it come from your heart. Even though the language is what we call harsh, having it come from your heart, having it come from your truth, Mm -hmm. intensifies how erotic it can be.
1: Absolutely, because it will come through in the voice. It will come through in your energy. It's just, it's the whole package.
0: Right, right. Now, this doesn't even talk about other kinds of erotic language and I'm going to leave some of this off the table because I'm going to have um, some more shows about different types of erotic language for example phone sex
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> not that you've ever tried that <laughs> sorry I just got memories <laughs> you know but having something like
0: that being able to communicate in a, well like I said I'm going to leave it off the table okay. but that'll again make for an interesting you know, aspect of erotic language as well Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, today's interviewee is an author, and she writes erotic stuff. She takes all this erotic language, puts it on paper, and builds an erotic story, an erotic visualization for us around that.
1: What skill! Yeah, so what, a a skill what a neat thing that yeah, is. What a neat thing that is. Yeah, put it right? on paper.
0: Because I've read some stuff that just did not turn me on, and mm-hmm. I've read some stuff that might turn someone else on that just you know, turns me off actually. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat when you put yourself out there and say, "Here's what turns me on." I'm going to turn it on the words, and does it turn on you on? Mm-hmm. And then we get into and we asked our uh, Annika about this: Is this erotic arts? Is this porn? You know what? What is this, and why are you doing it? Are you just telling a story? or Are you trying to get me hard? Mm-hmm. Well, here's what she had to say. We're sitting here today with Annika
2: Jacob, the author of As She's Told, which is a rather intense, extreme, loving slave relationship book in a contemporary setting. Annika, welcome to Erotic Awakening.
3: Thanks very much for inviting me.
2: It's our pleasure to have you here. Um, The first thing that struck me about this book was the way you described munches in the online chats, the safe call... The first time the characters meet, you're you're probably familiar with the scene.
3: Well, I am familiar with it um, more at a distance, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I've got some familiarity. I'm not sure I get it all right, mind you, but uh, I, I have the feeling that that my version of of what a munch is like is probably close but not quite.
2: So, are you involved in the? T- what, to what level are you involved in the Toronto community? I mean, I, you, you got to be somewhat involved because you did a really good job of getting it right.
3: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I do research like mad, but um, I'm not directly involved. No, I'm uh, I'm uh, one of these people who uh, who is involved remotely, deep in the closet, and um, so you know the name is a pen name and it's not me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I, I write about it, but uh, it's, um, in fact, the novel uh, is very much about a private relationship that doesn't involve play parties, it doesn't involve um, uh, scening, and so on. These are two people who really want uh, a very specific kind of relationship. And it's not that more people don't get involved later, but they're friends. Uh, And what they want is reality. So what they're looking for is some way to make it as real as possible. And what they're struggling with is the fact that at any point, you know, she can walk away if she wants to, and neither one of them wants that. So they have to try and figure out a way to make it real.
4: I love that idea. So it's not about the play. It's not about the scening. It's not about the parties. It's about the relationship style that they want.
3: Absolutely,
4: yeah. So that is that is awesome.
3: Yeah. Well thank you. It's it's really the relationship is really what's interesting. Um mm-hmm. that's that's what interests me anyway. And it's there's a lot of a very imaginative kinks that goes on. It's it's you know, it's it's very odd, it's very raunchy but um but it's very personal as well. Um and and it's for real. I mean, they have to spend a fair amount of time figuring out how to make it so that she can't walk away.
4: Right, that name. and right. they do manage it, and that's that's going to speak to a lot of people that want to learn how to live the lifestyle, and you know maybe that'll give them an example. So um, I understand the book also won an award.
3: It did. It won the National Leather Association uh, uh, Novel Award. It's called the Pauline Rayage Novel Award, believe it or not. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it, I was very pleased about that. That came through in April.
4: That's uh, that's an honor. <laughs>
3: thank you. Yes, it ha it it oh, really is. Thank you.
2: Thanks. So when people ask you what kind of book is it, do you say that it's a a romance, it's a fantasy, it's erotica?
3: <laughs> well, it's sure erotica. Um it's uh, I don't like to use the word romance because it's um that has the implication that the two people only get together at the end. They're together all the way through the book. Um it's a love story, for sure um and it's a it's a bdsm love story uh that's really um in some ways how do i describe it it's a novel about a relationship so if you think about about vanilla novels that are about relationships it's got some similarities there um it's not an adventure nobody gets kidnapped uh you know there are no pirates or, or 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 dragons or anything like that it's it's real people in a real in the real world and they're not rich and they don't live on some secret island uh they live in Toronto and they go to work and they have friends and you know they don't have infinite, infinite amounts of money to buy you know vast crews of slaves or whatever real people
2: very cool so why write about this? Uh, like I said, when I read this, I got the impression that you were involved in the scene and you were just talking about some of the things that you've observed, but you're saying that's not the case. So so why choose this particular topic? Why not make it a safe, something you're more, either you're more familiar with or um, something a little more generic, a little more normal? <laughs>
3: Um, because I've been kinky since I was before I can remember, and this is one of the contents of my fantasy life. My first book was in fact set on another planet and, you know, was was science fiction and was again, you know, extreme in terms of the level of kink. It was pretty it was
4: you
3: know, it was pretty out there. Um and the other book I wanted to write, uh was the real thing, you know, where where real people did real things. And even that one was reasonably realistic once you accepted the premise. Uh, So, and I'm a writer, so I write, and that's you know the 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 story catches me, and it it, it's just an interesting story to tell.
2: I hope that answers your question. (laughs) No, that's that's a great answer. Um, One of the really interesting things that you did with this book is it's told from both a first-person and third-person story, and I think it switches back and forth to each chapter. So you get to hear not only from the third-person narrative, but also when we're describing this slave from her first-person perspective. Did, I'm curious why you came across, why you wanted to present it in that fashion, and secondly, if your editor rolled his eyes and said, no, you can't write this way, it has to be one or the other.
3: Well, interestingly, I did. Uh, that was the way my first book was. Um, first person from her point of view, third person from his. And it was, uh, you know, I, I can think of good reasons after the fact, but the reality was I wanted it to have that kind of immediacy of first person, but I couldn't write in first person from a male point of view. I just couldn't do it. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sub myself, and, and trying to write in first person from a dom's point of view was just really hard. So I... Um, so, I switched back and forth, and uh my my first publisher didn't didn't object, and the second publisher didn't object either, so I guess it was okay and People found it a bit weird, but they say it works, so I stuck with it. I actually tried to switch to either first all first person or all third person for the second book and and I just it didn't work for me, so I had to go back to it in in retrospect it makes sense uh, in that she's more around feelings and he's more around actions. But both of them act and both of them have feelings, so I'm not sure that's really <laughs> a, a great justification.
2: What are, so one of the things I think that I want to ask you about, that we've had the opportunity to interview a couple authors now, and I think one of the things that our listeners find most interesting is how do you get started, where you always – a author and that's all you've ever done and it's all you've ever wanted <laughs> to be? Or was there twenty four years of being a housewife and suddenly a pen leapt in your hand and said, I can be denied no more
4: <laughs>
2: Because and I tell you, Don and I are you know, are among the thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that have said, Oh, let's we're working on a book
4: uh-huh. and we are
2: working on a book. But the actual getting from working on it to something that's published and that people are going to enjoy reading is quite a journey. So we're curious about your journey.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, in fact, you know, I'm, I'm now calling myself a writer because I've had two books published and I got an award for one of them. So that can make me say, okay, now I'm now I'm really an author. But um, no, I do other things. That, you know, I have I have a day job, etc. I didn't. I probably wrote bits and pieces of erotica like anybody else. Uh, you know, with this kind of kink throughout my life. But uh, it wasn't until the advent of actual computers and, you know, the ability to have a word processor for all my endless revisions that I really started to write. And it was really just to get what was in my head, out of my head and onto something in black and white so that I could see it. Uh, and then gradually the enjoyment of just writing took hold And, you know, I was raising children at the same time, and I had no time, and so in bits and pieces and over years, it took me years, um, I, you know, I just kept writing. And eventually, I got to the point where I said, I'm writing this for, you know, to see if I can publish it, and damned if it didn't work. Well, it was great. So when I started the second one, I'd I'd already sent the first one off, and it it was going to be published. And... Um, you know, at, at that point, I really started um, looking into, you know, books for writers and et cetera. I've always read a great deal. So in some ways, I knew what I wanted to do. But the mechanics of writing are more difficult. Just, you know, the transitions and trying to, you know, do things in a, in simply that you that get too complicated and all the, you know, all the, the, the tools of the trade kind of thing I had to pick up as I went along. And it just takes me a long, long time. I think persistence is the main thing. You know, you just got to keep at it.
4: Persistence is a good thing, yes. So we tend to uh, get interrupted as, as we try to write and then we have to get back to it. And I'm still, I love to write in first person, third person Mm-hmm. But I've been told it doesn't work for me, so I'm definitely not? paying attention
3: to. <laughs> why Why wouldn't it work?
4: Do it right. So I'm, um, because she,
2: <laughs> Dawn does it in the same paragraph. I think that's the problem with that one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Do it's so in it different that. chapters, so yeah.
3: yeah. Oh well, why don't you why not you put it side by side? that be that's I've seen somebody do that. They just have the two columns, you know, side by side.
4: Oh, that'd be awesome too that would be cool. Uh, yeah.
2: I won't see her out of the bedroom for a week now as she starts working on that thing. Thanks,
3: Annika. I like being in so, the
4: bedroom, thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah, but you know, trying to come up with the phrases and trying to come up with the you know, the, the to to make it to get inside this moment that you're envisioning and get it on paper and, and mm-hmm. in language that really works is just really exciting. I, I enjoy it.
4: Yep. Getting That's it from cool. the head and the, the details that you see and yeah, getting it down in written form. Mhm, mm-hmm.
3: Exciting and difficult. <laughs> yeah, with all the feelings. I mean, the downfall of erotica right. tends to be, you know, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and who cares by the end mm-hmm. of it, right? You have to get the feelings in there and the sensations.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Great. one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. In today's day and age, um, I don't have to go to Toronto to find out what you're up to. I can find out... From all these Facebooky things and MySpace mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, do you have a cyber presence that people can can go out to and see what you're up to?
3: Absolutely, I've got a website, which is www dot as uh, as in Total Power Exchange. So tpe um, uh, slash um, it's the tilde. You know that little wavy thing up in the top left of your keyboard? Tilde. Right. Uh-huh. Annika, A-N-N-E-K-E. Um, and, yeah, slash, oh boy. Did I do that right? You've got it in front of you, probably. <laughs> I swear to God. We'll, we'll
2: have a link on the website as well. <laughs> You'll have a link
3: on the website. Even better. Okay. So I've got that website, um, and my books are available at Pink Flamingo, which is www.pinkflamingo.com. Uh, and that's, you know, both books, the first book and the second book. And... Um, and I'm I hang out on FetLife a lot under the Nick Annika underscore Jacob, so people are welcome to come and say hi. Uh right. and see what I'm up to.
2: And I, I see the book is available either via Amazon as a paperback or the good old e book from Moby Pockets. So yep. all kinds of options to go to uh read yeah. it. And thanks, it some, yeah. Yeah, and thanks for giving us some Yeah. thanks for giving us some options to get a hold of you. Yeah.
3: And yeah. Then,
2: and uh, always great to be able to jump onto FET life and look for you and toss you that quick question about how you write things or how to get started, that kind of stuff. And we have the website, and of course we'll put that out there on our on bluecatservices.org so people can find that link nice and easy as well. Giva, mm-hmm. are you ready to write that next book? <laughs> anything else in the works?
3: <laughs> um, well, I'll give it some thought. No, not at this point. But I'm I'm busy well, trying to get this one out there.
2: Then we will have to. Uh, we'll head up to Toronto and we'll do some wild things. And you can say, "Ooh, inspiration!"
3: Ah, <laughs> yeah, give me <laughs> Annika,
2: thank you, thank you very much for being on the show today. I very much mm. appreciate it.
3: You're very welcome. Thanks for thanks for letting me come.
0: coming
1: up next week
0: Master Slave Protocol Bye,
1: Bye Dan <laughs> <laughs>